0: Hi guys, it's Tips from the Superpower Podcast and we are on our second season. Yes, you heard right. This is season two where we get to interview some amazing, powerful, strong, ambitious woman on this channel man we get to learn about the incredible journeys and and what the future holds so make sure you check out our podcast it will be dropping every two weeks monday morning 7 a.m sharp. wherever you consume it google spotify nkfm apple Podcasts, we will be there so make sure you guys check it out and get to learn from these incredible ladies see you soon What's up everyone, it's Tevz and you're listening to the Superpower Podcast. This week, my guest is Peli Malibe. She is a doctor which holds a PhD in biotechnology from the University of Pretoria. She was selected as the next Einstein Forum ambassador for South Africa, geez, and represented the next Einstein Forum in her country at the 2016 and 2018 global gathering in Senegal and Rwanda, respectively. Peli Malibe graduated with a BSc in human genetics and a master's degree in biotechnology. She's a member of the Golden Key International Honor Society. She's received the National Research Foundation Doctoral Innovation Award, as well as the Southern African Biochemistry and Informatics for Natural Products Network Doctoral Fellowship. Oh my gosh, which is a mouthful, which is funded by the Carnegie Corporation of New York. Her work has also been recognized by the Department of Science and Technology Women in Science Award. As a recipient of the doctoral fellowship, Peli has presented in various international conferences and published several research papers in scientific peer-reviewed journals. She currently works as a product manager for a multinational pharmaceutical company. Her focus is food security through production, animal health. She is passionate about this area of work as animal health impacts on food and job security. Oh my word, Peli, how are you? <laughs> Hi, Deborah. I'm well, in yourself? I'm all good. I'm all good. Like You know, every time I read people's bios, I'm just like, how have you accomplished so much? in the short, like, life that you've lived so far? <laughs> you know, also listening to, to it being read
1: all at once is like, it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, I think it wasn't about the end goal and putting together uh, a bio specifically, but more sure. about the journey, uh, living each day, celebrating little wins, small wins, and even big wins as they come along.
0: I love mm. that. I love that. Celebrating the little and the big ones that come along. Okay, so to all the listeners who are listening to the Superpower Podcast and they're wondering, who is this Peli Malebe? Like, where is she from? Where did she grow up? Um, Yeah, maybe just introduce yourself outside of your amazing accomplishments that <laughs> you've achieved so far.
1: <laughs> okay, so I'm Peli Malebe. i the daughter of the soil, born in Limpopo, raised in Johannesburg, did all my studies in Pretoria. Um, I'm now a mom of one and a wife. Uh, to a little Zulu boy and a Zulu man, respectively. (laughs) 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 Uh,
0: (laughs) Side note, I'm like, how does a girl from Limpopo meet up with a Zulu man, get married and have a little Zulu boy? That's so (laughs) cute. Yeah, Joburg makes things happen.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> love it, love it, and and Pele, when you were growing up, what kind of a kid were you? And even when you were going to school, um, were you the type who was like a nerd who loved like school? Like, what were what were you like when you were in school? I was
1: always so inquisitive. Um, my mind was always racing, still is. Always have a lot of questions on my mind always wondered, why do things work as they work? Why do I look the way I look? Uh, I've got my father's nose, my mother's lips. Why was I born to my parents? Beautiful family, wasn't questioning that I was born there, but I, I really felt really blessed to have been in that environment. And I just wanted to get answers to that. Um, yeah. I was that annoying child. Why is this? Why is that? Even <laughs> as a teen.
0: <laughs> and, why? You're like, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And my dad, uh, he's such a complete blessing because he entertained me being so inquisitive throughout and he answered what he could. He was also very honest about what he didn't know um, and referred me to books. This was before the era of Google, which would have saved me a lot.
0: (laughs) Um, Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> so that's where like we all had those we all had those encyclopedias at home and that was yes. our version of google <laughs> I was actually thinking about that like I love those
1: and I want to get a set for for my home I know that they don't always they don't naturally update <laughs> as facts update with yeah. because whatever error you've gotten but it, it was such a good thing to have just pull up a, a letter B biotechnology read up on what that is at the time so
0: please yeah <laughs> no i love that and i love that you had such a supportive family and father who nurtured that curiosity so when you were deciding you know this is the sort of thing that i want to pursue post school um how what informed that decision and how did you then settle on the degree that you wanted to do yeah so my decision was based less on
1: a career move and more on an interest and a passion. So as I said, I was interested in how things work. Um, and I found that the answers to my questions were in biology, in genetics and in science. And uh-huh. that's why I did my degree in human genetics. It's it's such a fascinating field. And I later moved on into plant biotechnology, also just trying to understand why plants work the way they do, why others are drought tolerant and others are drought susceptible. And those answers were found in DNA. So moving away from the books and into the laboratory doing scientific research, um, that nurtured my hunger for knowledge.
0: Wow, wow. I'm just like you, you must have been really curious because human (laughs) genetics. Oh my gosh. Um sure. Um you're at the University of Pretoria. Did you study everything like all one after the other? So were you like the like forever academic or did you (laughs) do your honors and then try to find a job afterwards? Um,
1: I was the forever academic. I, I did my <laughs> undergrad. <laughs> I did my undergrad. I did my honors in human genetics. And then I, I gained great scholarships um, in my research career. So they, then I stayed on to do my master's in biotechnology. And I had a great mentor as well at the university. So Uh, With the scholarships, they were then upgraded to a PhD. I think there were a lot of forces that saw my talent in research and wanted me to stay in academia. So I then Mm. completed my PhD. But while doing my PhD, I also got itchy. I wanted to see what was out there. Um, And I then joined the Agricultural Research Council and worked as a researcher before completing my PhD. I also went to Whitehead Scientific because I wanted to see what industry looked like and
0: yeah. yeah and 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 while you're doing your phd how did you navigate studying and working at the same time because i would assume that a phd is 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 quite demanding right um, yes and if you're saying you did this while you were also like figuring out like corporate how did you figure out the yeah. balance i actually um
1: So it it was a lot, your PhD requires 100% of your um, focus. So I when I was done with the laboratory research, I then and was writing up my thesis, I then joined the Agricultural Research Council and went to, on to join corporate with Whitehead Scientific. I even um got married during that time and had my son and Whoa. Thought, oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <What>?
1: <laughs> I was living my best life <laughs> and just filling up my basket <laughs> and had a lot to juggle. Um and there was a time when I thought, oh, my goodness, will I finish? I, I, I am burning my candle at two ends of the stick. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no regrets right now. In the moment, you know, when – when I, let me tell you something. <laughs> I sure. thought uh, during my maternity leave I'm going to write up my thesis and submit mm-hmm. that. No one told me, like, these babies don't sleep. You get no sleep. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is when the babies arrived. It's not like they take it two months before (laughs) and you're writing it. (laughs) No. So that didn't happen.
1: It was after my maternity leave. Then I I just balanced my life, balanced work, balanced home life, and being a mom. And um, I am blessed with a wonderful mother-in-law who – who also she understands what being a woman and and starting a career and finishing your studies entails and i think she had a great mother in law as well and she had a great yeah. support system so she also gifted me with that. And she would take my son. If I needed to travel for work, she would take my son. And, you know, you, you're just able to fly and flourish in that manner because, you you know, your son is in great hands. I mean, she's raised yeah. me a wonderful man. So I trusted her with that. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank and, goodness for, for for the positive reviews for the matter indoors. These are, yeah. these are serious brownie points.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So that helped, and I was able to conclude my PhD, um, and also grow within my career uh, without missing a step. So, um, grow from entry level into management, and yeah, it's it's been a wonderful journey. I'm glad. The old me would have wished that I did it systematically, you know. Wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. Yes, 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 yes. But um, I think I wrapped up my matric, I wrapped up my undergraduate, my honors, my masters, and PhD was at a time where I was like, okay, I'm ready.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. And, and your PhD topic, because I know it's always like such a big thing. Like, what is this new thing that I'm going to discover and have my name on it? What was your research topic on and why did you um, pursue that specific topic?
1: Okay. So my research was on the tea plant, the, the tea that you drink, um, specifically Camellia sinensis, which your Boss, your Lipton, you name it. They make that. Yeah. Except for, sorry, except for rooibos. Um, five roses, your green tea, black tea, oolong tea, white tea is all made from this plant that comes from China. And Kenya okay. is the third largest producer of this plant worldwide. So that's a, a great um, economic platform for Kenya, a, yeah. country, a country that's within our continent. So my research was to see what in the plant allows some of these plants to be drought tolerant, to survive drought conditions, and others to be drought susceptible, to be wiped out when there is a drought just so that our farmers can then grow plants that have traits of interest and they are not affected by um, any sort of climate changes that they were not expecting. Ah,
0: Yeah, so
1: I found that uh, gene or that area in the DNA that allows for that and we did patent that with the university and we also – Working with the research councils within Kenya and Malawi and Zimbabwe as well to try and share that information with them.
0: Oh wow! Okay, so when you said you 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 patented <laughs> the research at the university, what what does that actually mean for for the layman? Because I'm just like, okay. why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: Um, we, paid, we patented the method that allows you to detect that region in the DNA uh, because that was developed through my PhD studies. And to patent uh. this means that if anybody wants to use that method, they then have to pay some sort of fee or they can get rights to to use that method in, in running with it in their systems. Um, it's intellectual property. I do mm. think as researchers – your intellect is your property and if you can find a way to protect it we should
0: whoa whoa that is that is brilliant i did i had no idea i'm just like people going to school and today you can actually make money from the ideas that you research and come up with that's actually that's that that's brilliant absolutely brilliant okay Thank so you. now you are done with your PhD. Um what kind of work would you would would then someone with your um academic background then pursue? You know, like so so for the rest of us it's it's like quite simple. It's like I studied medicine, I become a doctor, I studied accounting, but I'm just like what does someone with a BSc and you know bio yeah. tech? Yeah, what what what, what <laughs> kind of job do you do?
1: Um most people would remain in academia. So You would continue to do research within a university and become a lecturer and eventually a professor and mentor other students in the same path. So that was an option for me. Um, It was a route I chose not to take. And then uh, other people, you may also go into laboratories so you could create methods or even run tests. So, you know, when you've got your flu, you've got COVID going on right now. These are done yep. on um, biotechnology tools, a PCR. So that swab that they swab up your nose or down your throat, they take it to Empath and Lancet, it. And there sit your research scientists who pull out the virus and test it on um, a ah. PCR and see if you're testing positive or negative. So you could go in that field. You could go into industry where let's say for example your AstraZeneca and I'm just using a topic that everybody knows at the moment which is COVID 19. Sure. Um your AstraZeneca, your Johnson and Johnson, they are developing vaccines at the moment. They need researchers to do the this research to develop the vaccine. So you could go into research in larger um, industries such as your pharmaceutical industries. I myself have gone into, I'm now in pharmaceuticals. Um, I'm not in the lab. I enjoy working with people. I enjoy taking the knowledge that I have and applying it in this form. So I'm more on the co- corporate side of things. I'm a product manager okay. for vaccines. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Quite interesting. And and are, are, are young people aware of um, I guess this profession, you know, because when you grow up black with black parents, you know, of engineering, accounting, law, medicine, you know, um, Doctor, are, are, yeah. are, are people, yeah, are people, do they actually know about this? Are they like campaigns, awareness that I guess the people in the industry are doing to get more um, young people into the, into the industry?
1: It's not something I heard about when I was at school. Um, and I don't think it's it's something that is very well known. When I was at university, it was called a scarce skill. Biotechnology is a scarce skill within the country because not a lot of people go into the field. Um, yeah. I think also a lot of people would drop off at degree level, which also limits your career path. Um, and also just job opportunities within the country um there's this this brain drain conversation that's happening that people gain their degrees gain their PhDs and leave the country and offer the knowledge that they've known in other countries so I do not think that it's as well known as being your teacher your nurse um and, and you're even fortunate because you grew up in an urban area, so you know about your attorneys, your accountants here, but yeah. um, in the rural community, no. So I, when I was um, selected as the next Einstein Forum ambassador, one of the tasks we were given was to have Africa Science Week. So of the 54 countries within Africa, each country has an ambassador and we had Africa Science Week where you would then just go and push. And the idea is, the next Einstein believes that the next Einstein is not necessarily someone with who came from your private school and is in university right now. It could be a little yeah. boy in a village in Malanga, but they don't have the platforms that many other people do. Therefore their talent is just going to literally die with them. And it's about uh, identifying, yeah. yeah, identifying this talent and nurturing this talent. So um, I created awareness in my village, the village where I was born, by hosting one of the events there at one of the schools and just inviting neighboring schools and speaking about my journey and bringing through some of my friends that are now researchers at different institutes within South Africa to come through and talk and just create awareness. Because I I would not have known of this path if I was raised in Limpopo at um, Mapoko High School, for example. So it, it is... It is up to us to share this, and that's why your platform, you know, uh, Superpower Podcast, is doing such great work in in sharing different avenues that one could go into. Awesome, <laughs> thank
0: you. Yeah. Um, and 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 you're talking about um, the 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 Einstein Forum, which you were ambassador of. Um, why did you want to um, be an ambassador for it, and and what are some of the teachings that you've learned? Uh, by being an ambassador for for the initiative?
1: Um, I just like what it stands for. Um, It's about finding solutions for our continent, for Africa, but Africans, so African scientists finding solutions within Africa um, and also just looking at the knowledge economy because the world is moving in that direction. It's about what you've got in your head now, what you can create from your mind. Look at us talking through the internet. Somebody created that. We're in a digital era. It's no longer about what you can do with your hands. We're now in the fourth industrial revolution and we need to push that within our continent, within our country as well. And that's just what drove me to this. Um, It was actually... An American woman, a friend of mine, who said, "There's this initiative going on, and I'd like to put your name mm. forward." So it even took someone outside of our continent um, <laughs> to, to
0: share that. you <laughs> even know that. Hey, there's thing for Africans, for Africa, that you should be a part of. <laughs> yes, which, which is uh,
1: another. It's it's a little sad, and that's why I I commend platforms such as what you're doing right now. You know, we speaking up for ourselves, giving you giving us a voice and putting us out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, I've seen I've seen a bit of the work. So, so at the at the forum, would you guys just get together? I mean, what was the purpose of the forum? Um, and is it still yeah. something that's going on? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. So we get together as 54 ambassadors and there's also leading scientists within Africa um, that are given fellowships to push their research various areas within science. Uh, Presidents are also uh, brought in. So when we went to Senegal and Rwanda, the presidents there came forward and it's a way for us to influence policy within the country policy that also focuses on the knowledge economy. Um, Our government was also a sponsor of this, of the next Einstein Forum, the Department of Science and Innovation. The ministers that were there at the time came came through and represented the country along with me. Um, There's a lot of different meetings that take place. And then we also track how are we implementing uh, what we came up with within Mm. our countries. And it's also, I just want to say, as the mom, for me, it's opened up my eyes to not just see what I see, but to travel and and visualize what other people are going through and speak with great minds from different countries. I remember speaking to or actually listening to a talk given by one of the doctors there, a woman, and she was saying that, a great disservice we do is we give our children books that speak of meandering through the grapevines, and yeah,
0: you've got,
1: <laughs> you've got this child in Malawi. What is a meander? What's a grapevine?
0: And,
1: what <laughs> <laughs> and they're learning to read these books that don't speak to the to them, to their lives, and don't enrich their lives. And it's just on that level can we then develop books? And I've seen that this is happening within our country. Women are developing. books for our children that speak to our children and therefore their experiences experiences, yes and then if we can start to even develop as they develop the books develop along that level in terms of enriching yourself your knowledge economy what is out there your careers within your field so we don't just limit ourselves to Kathy and Mark that's a book I read
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> There's no tabo <laughs> to <autobiography>. bother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy and it's and, and and it's true and 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 it's crazy how slow the change has also come. So it's something that I guess we must all be aware of that um even young kids who are born now are still reading the same books we read yes. which was like yeah ages ago. So 100% <laughs> agree. 100% agree. Okay, really. And in terms of um, if someone is listening to this and they're like, man, I had no idea this industry existed, you know, I, I, I have a natural curiosity. Um, I think this is the sort of industry that I'd like to explore further. Um, what kind of, I guess, like advice or what kind of person is suitable to be in this industry? Or is it just um, something that is accessible and open to, to everyone?
1: um accessible and open no because there's criteria that the universities look for uh, in terms of your academic level so if you are interested in this and you know you're still in school science um biology Maths, I don't know what the new terms are for those
0: subjects. Pure yeah, <laughs> <But, laughs> math, I think, not, not math. I think that's yeah. what it is. We have um, standard grade, higher grade, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So if you've got
1: a, a passion and uh, are, you love maths, you love solving problems, then this is the career you, you part that you can embark in. Um Google is your friend. So definitely Google biotechnology, biochemistry, genetics, and look at the different careers because some people take up the subject and then they get shocked when they realize that they actually have to be in a lab. It's, it's not glamorous. Um, it's sometimes your research fails. Um, you can't speak to it. It's in test tubes. So this is for a person who's driven by problem solving and would like to leave the world a little bit better just by finding out something in this world, leaving scientific knowledge behind. So if you want to be in your high powered suit, uh, you know, with your Mercedes first year out of varsity, this is probably not the route for you. <laughs> <laughs> Many jobs,
0: that's never the route. I'm like, I don't know who's driving a Mercedes first year out of varsity, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if
1: you want to feed your knowledge, if you want to travel, that's one thing I enjoy. Probably why I stayed in um, uh, varsity so long and continued through all all my various degrees was the travel aspect because we got to uh, go to different countries. You know, you can sit and do your research in Australia. You can visit Italy and give a talk there and learn from other people. So for me, when I was 17 years old um, and I was wrapping up university, I got the fright of my life. I didn't want to grow up. I enjoyed my childhood, loved it. Yeah. Uh, thoroughly loved the comforts of my mother's home, the security of my school and my friends and the idea of going out there, I was just like, oh my gosh, what kind of adult am I going to be and I remember pulling up um, a laptop when I I was doing a part-time job working for someone as their secretary and I I pulled up a laptop, pulled up Word because I was bored, there's nothing to do at that job and then I was typing a letter (laughs) to myself like, okay, like what adult are you going to be and I couldn't fit what it is I wanted to do. It was more what I didn't want to do. So I didn't want two and a half kids. I didn't want a picket fence. I basically didn't want an average life and then to be buried as an average person. um, I wanted a different life and this career path allowed me that one thing I knew for sure was I wanted to see different parts of the world and COVID, you're killing me slowly.
0: <laughs> it's okay. killing all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get to explore a beautiful country though, so it's yes. not all too bad. It's not all too bad. <laughs> I love it. I love I love that you, you already had a very like ambitious plan for your life and I guess you you were going against um, I guess the norm, you know. And I think especially in black families where your girl child, you're expected to do things at certain times, like get married, have kids, you know, live in this neighborhood. Um, and when you take the path less traveled, it's always like, is everything okay there? <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. So I have I have my own check. Um
1: I have my own checklist and I've had it since I was very young, you know. Um I, I draw a timeline and I put my ages there and I put what it is that I want to achieve for myself, where it is that I would have wanted to go or, you know, um, seen or done at a certain time. Even I think that's why when my PhD happened, because I was like, okay, in my timeline, you know, I've met the love of my life. I want to have my child now. It was already down there, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to let my PhD stop me for from continuing with my life. And sometimes Ah. this timeline shifts as well. um, Yeah, because God's timing is not mine. So sure. these plans are bigger than mine. So I'll shift my timeline where necessary. I'll have my dreams, but then I call them goals because I put a date there. And if I have to shift it, I shifted. And I did have my child um, late in age. For me, I think it was perfect, but for a Black typical black um family they would they were considering it late and i don't mean my mom and dad and my siblings i mean extended family it, um, it's, it's never your immediate family <laughs> yeah they're just like are you okay <laughs> You're just like I'm fine, guys. Thanks. Yeah, and I I wouldn't let them know my business, so they wouldn't know that I, you know, I'm seeing someone, and I've been happy with this person for many, many years. I was just like, okay, you stay worried about my womb. Um, I'm not ready to implant it with a child yet. I'm gonna do <laughs> what I need to do, and I've just had once again the most supportive parents because they've never asked that of me. They've supported my career. Um. Yeah, and they would even speak up. My dad would just be like, dude, no, continue on your path because who's going to help you with those nappies? Are they...
0: Exactly. <laughs> Who, are they paying your kids school fees? No. Yeah. Shout out to your parents, man. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, Peli has been a family friend of ours for like years. I mean, I think I met you guys like when I was like really young. So yes. um, yeah, your mom and dad are absolutely incredible human beings. Um, and they've raised an amazing family. Um, testament to all your siblings as well so they've done an amazing job so shout out to them okay last two questions um which woman do you look up to or you're the type who's like I, i draw inspiration from different things and i don't put that kind of pressure on other ladies (laughs)
1: no different things no no i i do have to have (laughs) i do have to have physical people that i see living the life that i want to live or reaching the goals that i want to reach um because, you know, if someone can do it, I can do it. Um, so I look up to Professor Mamheti Paking, um just because mm. of the journey that she has led and where she is right now at the University of Cape Town in her career, leading the university. And she does so much outside of what's expected of her. So sh- she's like every academic's mom because she pushes people on twitter yeah, and on instagram yeah. she she hosts um videos where she just pushes you through because sometimes it it can be a lonely journey in academia you know when you do have to give up going out that weekend because you've got submissions due so to know that there are others that are in this path with you that's always great and then another one is, um, Dr. Judy Lamini. Um, mm. she, she's also brilliant. So she went from being a medical doctor and she went into career. She's an entrepreneur. She's opened schools. Um, and also I just find that she's a mom. Yeah. So I find that she's had the time that we've, we've all got the, the same hours in the day and she was able sure. to juggle so much. So, seeing people push through with the same 24 hours that we have um, makes it lets me know that it's all possible
0: it's all possible 100% agree (laughs) with you okay on the Superpower Podcast this is a question I ask all my guests when you as Peli consider what your superpower is what do you think it is
1: yeah so anyone who's been listening to this this won't come as a surprise but the drive for me, uh, the wind beneath my wings, because I can walk into any room. Um, and if I feel any jitters, I can contain myself. And that comes from my father. He's the wind beneath my wings. That's my superpower. He's his words of encouragement. Just um he's always a phone call away from me. Um, but also the memories I have from my childhood. Every step, every fall, every dip, if I wasn't swimming quite right he jumped in that pool and pulled me out um so that's that's my secret actually in life that's what keeps me going and pushing wow. forward mm.
0: beautiful <laughs> absolutely beautiful oh my word oh my word belly ah oh, okay if people want to get in touch with you if they maybe want to connect with you on linkedin or any of that your social handles um what up. yes so i use
1: my name and surname peli p e l l y my surname malebe m a l e b e so it'll be peli malebe on linkedin peli malebe on uh facebook and then twitter it's peli malebe one word
0: all right awesome thanks so much peli i thoroughly enjoyed hearing your journey and your story and i know that in the next 5 to 10 years um, you'll be soaring to even greater heights. So thanks for joining us on the Superpower Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Devoro. And yeah, keep this podcast going. I think it's such a great initiative.
0: I will, I will. Cheers, guys. Look at you. You made it all the way to the end. Thanks so much for checking out the Superpower podcast and listening to an incredible story of the amazing woman that we have in the country. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and like, comment, share on social media, share with your friends, share with your workers. Man, let's let's spread the message. Let's spread the love. Um, till next time. Cheers.